25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour two underway live from the Hoover Met, the SEC Baseball Tournament Day 2. It's a zip-zip game right now. No score. Texas A&M, Georgia early on. If you're listening in other parts of the day, no worries. Still got a bunch of cool stuff coming your way, including uh, Parrish Alford. Parrish, as you know, you hear him on the show. He covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. He's here Obviously, Ole Miss has a day two game because they won yesterday. So we'll kind of recap it a little bit with Parrish. And he was in all the postgame stuff and interacted with Mike Bianco and everybody after they beat Missouri to advance. They're going to face Arkansas a little later today. So that's coming up. Also here is Bart Gregory. Bart is the play-by-play voice of Mississippi State sports on the SEC Network. Plus, you name it, baseball, basketball, men's and women's, soccer, volleyball, a little bit of everything. And Bart's here uh, taking in some SEC tournament action. Of course, State is going to play late tonight. Scheduled for an 8 p.m. first pitch against LSU. Preview that one coming up and all that jazz. And sitting with me here today, if you're just tuning in, is my friend Caleb Hamill. He is a young up-and-coming broadcaster, play-by-play announcer in the state of Mississippi. Recently, I played some highlights for you. He, uh, he was on the radio call of the West Jones Mustangs 5A State Championship in baseball, and uh, Caleb's been coming. I've been seeing him and his family here at the SEC Baseball Tournament forever. In fact, Caleb, your belly's full of what was it again? It was bacon on the griddle. Got also a buttermilk pancakes. Buttermilk pancakes and beignets. Beignets. There's some tasty beignets, too. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Yeah, who made those for you? Your dad make those? Uh, we have a group of us that uh, all RV and tailgate up in Startville, and uh, some of the group gets together and – yeah, uh, my friend Tim Shambly was on the griddle man in the the bacon station. Attaboy. I didn't get a hold of the pancakes; they were uh, coming a little bit later. I had to leave before then. And yeah, uh, the beignets were made by uh, another family that we have down there. They're from the coast, okay. So they have a little bit of Louisiana, so yeah, flavor there to them. So there you go. It was delicious. Speaking of uh, beignets, a guy who's probably had a beignet or two in his uh, life, being a Louisiana himself, Parish Alford is uh, making his way up. We're going to put the headset on him and talk with him in just a bit. Here, let me while while we get Parish on headset. Here's what I'm going to tell you: um, you can be a part of the show if you have a question for me or for anyone, or for Parish or um, Caleb or Bart when he's on in a bit. You can call me on the Divinity phone nine nine five one zero five nine 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 five one zero five nine. That's the number. It's a six zero one area code. You can also text the show, like several others have. Moose Dog texted the show today. Um, he um, he said earlier that tonight Mississippi State's going to need that big strike zone that we saw in some of the games yesterday. And I think it's true. You know, you're probably going to see a freshman Brandon Smith or uh, the Keegan James start against a really good, hot LSU team, or at least they were hot hitting the ball last night. 
State's going to have to figure out a way to hit the ball against a kid who pretty much shut them down when he, they face him on a Sunday in the series in Starkville. And that may answer the question of uh, someone texted in and said, who's starting for State? Again, I'm totally speculating. I don't know. I would think, you know, Keegan James or Brandon Smith being on a Wednesday here. Um, we'll see. We'll see what that situation is. Hey, joining me right now live here at the Hoover Met in uh, uh, Hoover, Alabama, at the SEC Baseball Tournament. Parrish Alford from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal covers Ole Miss. What's up, Parrish? Hey, Matt, how are you? I want to know if you can text into the SEC and request that big strike zone. You know, Ole Miss might need that big strike zone for uh, <laughs> Chad uh, Smith here in a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I wondered now. I, Caleb accused me of bringing up a conspiracy theory. Yep. But I said – And I know I just, I just messed up his name. It's Zach. Okay. Zach, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, I thought, well, look, if, you know, they got four games in a day – you know, especially on day one of the SEC tournament. The umpires know that. Yeah. Okay. You're trying your best to stay on schedule if you can. Now, you're not going to blow it. But maybe the strike zone widens a little bit in that eighth and ninth inning. I don't know. I don't think you're going to get any umpires to admit to that. But, <laughs> of course uh, not. But, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think you're on to something there. Yeah, possibly. So, let's go back to that game. You yeah. covered it yesterday. That's a two-to-one win. And – you know, it felt like a, a Missouri team that really needed that win. You were in the post game. Did you get that sense from them? I mean, that's one they really needed and didn't I, come away with. Yeah, I think they really would like to have had that win. Um, you know, you're not going to hear uh, the Missouri coach talk and say uh, that, that that just cost us and we have no chance. I mean, yeah. you know, and he tried to uh, uh, remain upbeat about it. But I think, uh, you know, look, most teams who didn't win enough – and they're all of a sudden here on the first day in the single elimination round. You know, many of those teams need the win. Not everybody. Ole Miss didn't have to have the win, but Ole Miss needed the win for different reasons. You know, yeah. Ole Miss needed the win to you know regain some momentum and to try and feel good it's about itself again after that six-game losing streak. You know, they were able to break it in the third game at Tennessee, and that's huge. But you know, uh, if you cut, if you lose yesterday, then all of a sudden you've lost seven out of eight. Yeah, you know, and right. and, uh, and that's not good either. So they needed that win to to rebuild a little bit of uh, of momentum, and and uh, you know it was good. It wasn't it wasn't outstanding. I mean, the thing we've heard about Ole Miss all year is dynamic offense, right. and, and I'm putting up air quotes because we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that from them consistently. Yeah. And I know Missouri's got some really good arms, but that was a bullpen guy they started yesterday, and they had had uh, opportunities against Connor Ash and didn't get him out of the game. And you know they they hit well enough against uh, Camelberry, who they didn't hit in the regular season when he started against them on that Friday night uh, at Missouri. Uh, you know, so they they got enough done. You know, they made some base running mistakes or one base running mistake late that cost them a run. Uh, you know, I didn't think they were outstanding. Uh, offensively, but they were very good pitching. Will Etheridge was very good. And uh, you know, in the bullpen, which let Ole Miss down in that six-game losing streak, yeah. you know, Mike Bianco has moved some pieces around, and he's found some guys who have had a little more success. Tyler Myers coming on. You know, everybody looks at Ryan Olenek, and he's got two saves now, and it's it's fun to see the position player come in and pitch. But you know, Tyler Myers what, struck out the side in the eighth there in order and, oh, and ha- right. handed it to him. That was a huge inning. Huge inning. Yeah. I was actually – we were watching that, and uh, my dad, we're watching it. He's a former catcher, you know, so he's really – he wants to sit behind the plate 
and uh, that particular inning, Myers, when he shut him down, he leaned over at me and he said, that boy right there had them on a string. In other words, he's he's doing whatever he wants. You know, yeah. had them totally off balance. He was impressed with that. I mean, it was. It felt like this key moment in an eighth in a, in a one-run game where he just shut them down, and, they, and Ole Miss really needed that. Yeah, and, and then you think, well, why not Myers pitch the ninth? You know, yeah. why not just keep him in the game, let him close it out? I mean, you know, a two-inning save is, uh, is not unusual in college baseball at all, especially when you only had faced three guys in their order right. in the previous inning. But, uh, you know, Mike Bianco thinks he's got something going with uh, Ryan Olenek right now. I don't know how long it's going to last. I think Olenek brings a really fiery approach yeah. to the mound, and I think there's something to be said for that but he's just throwing with mid and sometimes upper 80s velocity right now. Uh, he's gotten two saves in four days, but Missouri and Tennessee are not among the better hitting teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I think he likes Ryan O'Lincoln in that role right now. He'll see uh, how long he can roll with it. Sure. Parrish Alford on your radio live from the SEC tournament here in Hoover at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. We're in that third-level press box, kind of radio row, if you want to call it that, up above first base. And you got a scoreless game going on right now between Texas A&M and Georgia. We're looking ahead to game two is going to be Ole Miss and Arkansas. So, uh, you remember that when Ole Miss goes to Arkansas in the middle of the yeah. year. Uh, prospects didn't look great. Arkansas is good. Tough place to win. Lose the first game and then, boom, back in that series, get two out of three. You think it will be a confident Ole Miss team against Arkansas today? I think they take some confidence from having won there before. And you know that uh, – Arkansas is playing well, but Ole Miss has won a lot of big games. I mean, that's why that that streak at the end was so perplexing. When yeah. you look when you look at this team, you see a lot of inconsistency, and uh, you know that's something that led to a 16 and 14 regular season when they were 15 and nine. You know, honestly, uh, you know, could have been much better. Could have played their way into hosting. You look at this Ole Miss team, and they go seven and two against Texas A&M, Arkansas, and. Uh, well, LSU, LSU. Those three right. series, they go seven and two, but they go three and three against Kentucky and Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Both of those at home. You know. You know and, and when I had you on a couple of times, yeah. I, I think I repeated the question a few times in the interviews. Was is, is it a team that's playing up and down according to the competition? Yeah. And you know, again, on the surface, you just name a record, it kind of looks that way. Which is why you right. ask. You know. Right. It does look like that, but uh, you know, I don't think they played. Uh, their best ball in the Mississippi State series. It looks like there was some lingering effect from that. You know, it's just it is just perplexing that they would go and, and uh, they play a very difficult non-conference schedule. Okay, yeah. I mean you're talking about three midweek games. You know, two against uh, East Carolina, one against Louisville, or maybe that was reverse. One reverse. against one against yep. East Carolina, two against Louisville. You know, okay, so those are tough games, but you didn't pick up one win in those three. Yeah. You know, so you got three losses there, three great RPI opportunity games, and you didn't get one win. Uh, And then you add losses to North Alabama and Arkansas State. And the Arkansas State thing I thought really spoke to confidence and maybe how they were feeling about themselves right after the State Series because they led Arkansas State five to nothing. You know, mm-hmm. after eight innings. Yeah, you know, excuse me, after seven innings. Right. You know, so Arkansas State scores two in the eighth, four in the ninth against the bullpen. You can't get anybody out. And, you know, it's just I thought that spoke to confidence. And, you know, I thought Tyler Myers, going back to him, would be the next big thing in the bullpen after that Arkansas series because, 
You know, he, he had in that third game four innings, four scoreless innings, two hits against Arkansas uh, in Fayetteville. But he didn't get uh, – he got opportunities. He wasn't always as good. Sometimes he was good. But I think Mike gets settled on, you know, on his A-list guys. Yeah. Coaches identify guys that they can trust, yeah. that they win with, and they go to those guys and they go to those guys. And I'm not so sure that Myers couldn't have broken into that A-list and given Ole Miss three pitchers there instead yeah. of two. Maybe it's a different situation in that six-game stretch at that point. I don't know. But I will tell you that it, it just looked like uh, Austin Miller and Parker Caracy were different in May than they were in March and April. And I don't know what you chalk that up to. You know, that you look at ERA over certain stretches. You know, you've had a, a stretch here as of late. And I guess, Parrish, it's led to the emergence of Ryan O'Linick coming in out, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that role. Caracy just couldn't get out. Right. He couldn't right. miss bats for anything. And, I mean, you know, it's such a – at least for now, unless something changes, I mean, what a drastic – turnaround and you hate it for a kid who had a great story like Caracy but I guess what I'm I'm driving at is do you think at this point it, it's kind of gotten to where he's kind of played himself out of going out on the mound in those situations I think you got to use him differently right now but last year Matt at this time Parker was not as good at this time last year and uh, you know you look at the innings that he and and uh, Austin Miller have pitched and they're not overwhelming yeah you know but uh, I think it's the appearances, the number of appearances, because it's the, you know, it's the getting up and getting down in the bullpen. You yeah. know, and pitches thrown in the bullpen still count. You know, it's not just the pitches thrown yeah, in the game. That's true. And, you know, and there's some emotion involved into getting ready to go in the game, and then you're not called, or getting ready to go in the game and you are called, or, or in the case of uh, Parker against State, as as uh, Mike has pointed out. Uh, going into the game quicker than you thought, and the situation has changed. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of emotions in play there, and I know that that can bring on some fatigue as well. But, you know, clearly uh, Mike Bianco has figured out that he needed to find some different pieces at the end of games, and uh, Tyler Myers and Ryan Olenek have given him that. And I'm I'm thinking that uh, maybe you're going to see – Miller and Caracy pitch a little better in different roles. Maybe he uses them differently. Maybe not today. Maybe because they're the fresh guys that he goes to them at, uh, at crunch time today. But I, I don't know. I, th- I, think, uh, I think they're going to get some outs in this tournament. Parrish Alford on your radio. He covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. We are live with you today on the show in the mobile, in this case, Farm Bureau studio here at the Hoover Met. We're sitting up above first base. you got Texas A&M, Georgia scoreless. Game one, game two coming up is Ole Miss versus Arkansas. What would it do for this Ole Miss team to make a deep run in this SEC tournament? Well, you know, they're going to have to find that pitching, number one, and and the bullpen was good to them yesterday. But uh, recent developments make you ask, uh, you know, how long can that last? Mm. Uh, You know, can Miller and Caracy, as we've talked about, get some outs here, pitch like they pitched in March and April? You know, that kind of thing would help them make a run. But they got to hit better. Yeah. You know, they've got to score. They've got to be smarter on the bases. And, you know, the thing about this team, going back to the preseason, you know, this was described as the team. You look, they lost three weekend starters. So you, you knew that pitching was going to be kind of, uh, you know, gaining some experience on the fly and finding guys you could trust on the fly. And you figured you'd be pitching better in the middle of the season than at the beginning. I think in many ways pitching has grown like that. Doug Nikhazy has become their best pitcher. 
He's become their best yeah. starter. Mm-hmm. As okay? a freshman. As right. a freshman. Yeah. Okay? And, and he wasn't the freshman you thought would have jumped up into that role. Gunnar Hoagland, you thought the first-round draft pick. He's been good at times as well. I mean, he's going to give you, you know, four solid innings usually. Doesn't go as deep as you'd like. Maybe that comes later in his career. But, uh, you know, the pitching has evolved in the way that you hoped it would. But the offense, with so many players returning, just has not resembled the offense from last season. Right. No, it hasn't. You know, not late. I, you know, a lot of our listeners kind of go back to we listened to the postgame interview after that Arkansas State deal where, you know, Coach Bianco, he didn't rant and rave. Somebody said it was epic. I wouldn't necessarily call it epic, but he was yeah. – he was. It really wasn't negative. I thought he was just kind of very matter-of-fact in that interview with Keith Kessinger on the radio call. He said, um, he said, we're just not tough enough. You know, he said, we don't find the toughness we need sometimes to come and either come from behind or hang on to a lead late. We just got to – we don't have it. He said, and then we're just not scoring runs. And what he said was, he said, our vaunted offense scoring four or five runs a game. So, I think, you know, that's an internal view of the the, the – lag in offensive production and runs scored was starting to wear on him just a little bit. You know, yeah. even Coach Bianco. Now, don't you think it's still a lineup that at any point they could they could go out and it clicks and they put 11, 12 runs on the board against anybody? Well, I think so. It's that line. Yeah, like you said, it's it could click. It's not clicking all the time. But right. you, we, you've seen Gray Kessinger produce, Tyler Keenan produce, Thomas Dillard produce, Zabowski. You've seen these guys – you know, have big hits. You know, you haven't seen them enough this year get hot at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. Zabowski had three hits, maybe four hits, I think, in that LSU 19-15 to 15 game where they clinched the series. Look, when he went into that game, he was two for his last 30. You know, so there have been struggles for Zabowski at times. He had a big game yesterday, so maybe he's back on track a little bit. Yeah. You know, Mike Bianco describes Tyler Keenan as an RBI machine. Well, at times. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Uh, just not uh, as consistent. Uh, Thomas Dillard, you know, uh, the reason he's hitting leadoff right now, and he's doing pretty well with it, but the reason he's moved up there is because he had fallen into a rut, you know, where he was in a four-hole right. there. So, you know, uh, it's a lineup that just uh, hasn't been as consistent. And, you know, I would say uh, you know, vaunted, you know, that's probably an internal view that has been expressed externally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just hasn't been that way this season. Sure. I know they returned a lot of guys and expected it to be that way, but uh, yeah, you know, they've been inconsistent. Inconsistent. Well, big game against Arkansas. A lot of interest there too. That matchup, given what happened in the regular season series. Parrish, appreciate you as always. Great to All catch right, up with you here. Good to see and you. Good to see you too. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Just Parrish Alford, spell his name right there on Twitter. He's here. He's covering the team, uh, the Ole Miss uh, run. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, They're into the double elimination portion of this tournament now, so Ole Miss guaranteed at least two games remaining. And um, one of those, the first one up, is they're going to see if they can knock off one of the top seeds in this thing, go up against an Arkansas team that was, you know, red hot for most of the year, obviously earned one of the top four seeds, but we'll say that Arkansas cooled off a little bit. Last weekend of the regular season, dropped two of three at A&M. So then you're trying to weigh it going, well, is this an A&M team that's really hot? I mean, I hate to say it, but here they are. they got a no-hitter going at this point. And then, uh, you know, or is it an Arkansas team that struggled a little bit? It looks to me like it's an A&M team that's starting to play really good baseball uh, right about now, and they certainly are pitching it well. Hey, if you're tuning in, 
Uh, in just a bit, Bart Gregory from uh, Mississippi State. He's with the Bulldog Club, and he's a play-by-play announcer for Mississippi State Sports on the SEC Network+. Plus. He's going to uh, just stop by. We're going to stick a microphone in his face and preview tonight's Mississippi State LSU. He was there for uh, a good portion, if not all, of that Mississippi State LSU regular season series in Starkville that uh, was really one of the uh, lower points of the year uh, for State in that they dropped two out of three. LSU was able to back in that series. Also, Caleb Hamill, young up-and-coming broadcaster, play-by-play man in the state of Mississippi, um, is with me here, Caleb. Um, we talked a little bit with Paris there uh, on the Ole Miss front. You know, he just kind of felt like this is still, with with the trend of that season, that win yesterday against Missouri, this game against Arkansas, this tournament for Ole Miss is kind of a still, they're trying to find out kind of who they are right now. Like there's a, been enough question marks in the locker room that they need some good things to happen. And a lot of teams can use a tournament like this, whether it's the SEC tournament or a different conference tournament, can use it kind of as as a springboard moving forward into the postseason. Some people right. will try to ride that high of, you know, oh, man, we're on a streak. It's almost like a basketball tournament where you can't lose and you play like you can't lose. Yeah. But these teams, especially like Ole Miss, who won it last year, they come into this tournament. I think some people think that they can get to a hosting conversation. I think they're out of it personally. Yeah, I think uh, so. But at the same time, you, you play for pride and you play for a possible good regional site that you go visit. Right. And, well, and you look hmm. at uh, you look at some of the high RPI teams who they are opposite of Vanderbilt and Mississippi State in this bracket. Who they and, and now they've got a game against Arkansas, which will go neutral site. I mean, I'm not an RPI expert. I just came into the week saying it's going to be hard for them to go from 30 to 14, uh, but we'll see. Continuing with you today here, day two of the SEC tournament live in Hoover. I'm Matt. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt, live in the on-location Farm Bureau studio, Hoover, Alabama, the Hoover Met. 2019 SEC Baseball Tournament. It's day two. It's game one of day two going on right now. We've got a scoreless game. Pitcher's duel going on here to start uh, day two of the tournament. Coming up a little later, you're going to have Ole Miss, Arkansas. Here's your pitching matchup. We just got starters. It's Zach Phillips uh, for Ole Miss. It'll be the lefty Patrick Wicklander. For Arkansas, we were looking at that records, ERA, innings pitched, everything is just so even between those two pitchers. We'll get into that in just a bit. But real treat joining Caleb Hamill and me here in the press box is our friend Bart Gregory. He's the play-by-play announcer for Mississippi State Sports on the SEC Network Plus. And Bart, welcome to the show. Welcome to Hoover. Good to see you. Got a uh, a day of baseball waiting to see State and LSU tonight, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a late night at the ballpark. That's the great thing about uh, – about coming out here right now, you just kind of sit back and settle back. And I tell you what, we've had a somewhat of a mild spring, but you always know when you come to Hoover, that's when the, the temperature is going to ratchet up because yeah. it's right there on the, the edge of the sun right now out here, <laughs> and it is every single year. But, hey, it's a lot of fun. This is a great week for baseball fans, and 
I just decided to come out this morning, and uh, you've got Georgia and Texas A&M. I have no vested interest whatsoever <laughs> in this game, but just sit back and watch some of the best baseball in the country. You can't beat it. Somebody texted earlier and was asking about, you know, who we may see starting on the mound tonight for State. I speculated and said, you know, you would think it's probably a Brandon Smith or a, or a Keegan James. Do you have any thoughts on that? I would suspect you'll probably see a Brandon Smith unless something crazy happens. Um, you know, a Jack Egan against LSU, you may struggle struggle a little bit more with left-handed now, pitching. Is, is Brandon a true freshman? Brandon is a true freshman from Richmond, and so okay. uh, he's pitched well. I mean, he he's pitched on the road, some tough environments. Um, it'll be a decent environment over here tonight with a lot of state fans, a lot of LSU fans. Of course, we have a lot of alumni in Birmingham, yeah. with it being just two hours from you know from here to Startville. So. Um, so this time last year, he's graduating. Yeah, and now and all of a sudden he's going to play in a you know, <laughs> pitch in a big ball game against LSU in the SEC tournament. And yeah. so, at uh, and of course, we haven't named anything yet. I'm just speculating right now. I don't know anything, have any any inside information, but I would be surprised if it's not someone like a Brandon Smith. Yeah. Um, this uh, event, you know, we've heard – I played a clip earlier from Josh Smith, the uh, shortstop for LSU. He had a home run last night to start their game, and then – after the game, they interviewed him, and he, 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 two things jumped out at me. He said, yeah, he said, we really want to host a regional. And then he talked about how winning here they feel like gives them, helps them. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, motivation in their locker room and their dugout is we need to win as many games as we can. We can host a regional. That's what LSU's thinking about. Whether it's reality or right. not, we'll find out. So that's some serious motivation for them. And then he also talked about how he's, his quote was, Growing up, I always dreamed about playing in this tournament. And that's the great thing about, you know, so many people talk about wanting to move the tournament. I want to move it to New Orleans. I want to move it to, to Memphis. And, hey, those are great venues, you know, places in the southeast. And the thing that Hoover gives you, it's almost like an Omaha feel where these guys know what they're playing for, know where they want to play year in and year out. And, you know, the facility here is very good. Um, you have all the RV parking. You have the accessibility. It's centrally located with all the SEC schools primarily. Um, it's just a great place to hold it. And if you throw that in a downtown you know, ballpark, you know, what do you do to all the you know, outerlying things that go along with this tournament like the RVs? Because right now, if I'm a Mississippi State fan, even if we don't make the SEC tournament, you still have a lot of people that come over here and stay the entire week because it is kind of like I came out here this morning. It's a great game if you enjoy baseball. You've got – a lot of great baseball over a week, and it's it's kind of like a family reunion for a lot of those people that come every year. And so, yeah. um, having it here in one place, it it definitely you know, provides that that uh, that situation where you feel like you're playing to go somewhere specific every single year. Every year, Bart Gregory on your radio, he's joining us here live in Hoover at the Hoover Met at the SEC baseball tournament. The truth is, Bart didn't come here to do this, but we caught him. Yeah. And have kind of the second go around, we caught him. Well, and Caleb, we sort of made him feel guilty, right? Because he <laughs> walked away, and we texted him, said, "Please come back." And now he's back to talk to us. Hey, uh, Caleb is a young, in his twenties, up and coming broadcaster. Yes. He's very good, got a bright future. He just—I've heard Caleb is really good, and, and he just got through broadcasting state championship baseball, the uh, West Jones Mustangs, right. one to five A. Did you start in high school? Absolutely. I think we all did. That was a great thing. I, we, you have so many stories about broadcasting high school ball games, baseball, football, running phone lines. You know, it's it's different <laughs> now when you're doing everything on cell phones. And, and Caleb, uh, back, you know, used to when we had phone lines, 
We had to run phone lines. I've done games on top of press boxes with sheets of uh, plywood on top of you because you're in a driving rainstorm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've sat on top of Wait, a, holding it over your head? I had another guy hold it. Like, <laughs> actually, two guys holding it over my head. That's great. So, uh, yeah. It's, you uh, feel important, right? <laughs> it's, uh, we've all been in some unbelievable places to broadcast, and I think that's what makes it so much fun. And it was so funny last week we had a power outage at the baseball stadium on uh, Saturday, the getaway day for the South Carolina game. And I looked at Charlie Winfield, and I says, I tell you what, Charlie, we're about to periscope this son of a gun. And I felt like I was sitting on top of a coach's office in Ruleville, Mississippi, doing a, <laughs> doing a state championship or a state playoff game. And so, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, high school, nothing beats high school sports. I love it. Well, you know, I would say, too, that I think what happens, a lot of people, you know, when they grow up and maybe they graduate high school, they, they get into, like, whether it's pro sports or college sports, and it's easy to, when you do that, I kind of had that experience because, you know, playing and then you're calling college games, it's almost not timing your schedule to go to a lot of high school or right. get really involved with the program. And, and But what I found is last year, I went to probably more high school football games last year than I had been to in a long time. Listening to Caleb, you know, call Wes Jones, um, I, I had I had a few experiences where I was, you know, almost uh, reintroduced to the passion. Right. And when you really do feel it, when it's your team or someone you know, um, it, it's I, – well, I guess what I'm saying is I think sometimes people just uh, forget just how, how passionate – How pure it is. How it's a pure, pure it It's is. a pure sport. Because everybody on that team are kids that – everybody in the community has known them since first grade. Absolutely. They've grown up here, you know. We're going to see them at church on Sunday. Right. And I, I broadcast high school football for 15 years. Louisville, Winston Academy, Nanawaya, Noxipater. We did some Ackerman, Ware – and um, that was kind of in the heyday when Louisville was winning all those state championships and Winston was winning some state championships. And, I mean, we played a – we had we had a, something really good. It seemed like every Friday night. But like you said, it's that, that passion you see every single Friday night. Boy, A&M, this, this cat's throwing a ball game, man. I'm telling you. I'm well, t- and their defense is backing them up, too. You see yeah. – uh, I've seen two layout fly ball catches by the outfielders and then a talented double play that – we saw earlier. And I think He's got a no-hitter in the seventh inning, man. Yeah, yeah Weber is his name. Um, I, I don't have a first name on him right now. Yeah, Chris. Chris it, Weber? It, it may be Weber. I can't remember. Weber, okay. It's spelled, yeah, it's spelled W-E. Yeah, it's Weber. And I don't Weber. think he's called too many bad timeouts. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Chris Weber. There's two, There's one B, not two in this one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, six and two-thirds right now. It's at um, no runs, no hits, four strikeouts. Now, he has walked two. And he's hit one guy, um, but you know has yet to give up that base. He's thrown ninety pitches, fifty nine of those have been strikes. So not in any stretch perfect, no, pristine. But you know, there's I see a goose egg down there on the board. And then Georgia honestly hasn't pitched terribly either. No, Only two yeah. hits in the game. Now they've given up you know a bases loaded situation on. Have I they made a pitching change? Hit yeah. by pitches. Yes, they have. Yeah, they so, made one. So their starter Elliott for Georgia went five and a third. And no runs on two hits and uh, struck out four through 83 pitches. Neither guy's thrown just a ton of strikes, but still. Um, effectively wild. Effectively. The way that you were growing up in. Uh, and I probably still am effectively hey, wild. Bart, we're sitting in the stands last night, next, sitting next to my dad, and he starts telling a guy next to us a story about me when I was a kid pitching, and I hit three guys, and the fourth guy wouldn't come up there. I didn't know whether to be <laughs> proud or whatever. Bart, thanks, man. <laughs> Great to talk to you. Good to see you as always. That's Bart Gregory. And we're live in Hoover. 
Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. it up here live from the sec baseball tournament hoover matt hoover alabama i'm matt in the farm bureau studio it's on location obviously farm bureau go with the home team they are your home team at farm bureau local agents competitive rates fast service friendly service kind of people that you know you can deal with one-on-one it's somebody in your hometown a community person a uh, de facto hometown hero. So when you have that fender bender at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, you're not waiting until Monday morning to talk to somebody three states over. You, you call them up on their cell phone. They come help you out right there. It's somebody you know. And that's really the way that it ought to be. And that's the way it is with Farm Bureau. And also thanks to C Spire. I'm connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. It's how we're staying connected with you live. Walton texted the show. And we appreciate it. Walton said, awesome hearing you all broadcasting from Hoover. Great radio. And we appreciate it very much. Um, I've got uh, Caleb Hamill with me, a young up-and-coming broadcaster in the state of Mississippi. Uh, And he's been coming here to Hoover and watching baseball for years and years and years. And, Caleb, you were just pointing something out to me that is kind of an oddity here at this ballpark. And it has to do with a baseball that got lodged up in the press box. Well, uh, first of all, I, I mentioned how much of a foul ball friendly ballpark this is. Yeah. If you're a fan that comes out and watches a game, chances are there's going to be a foul ball throughout the day that's going to be within 10 feet of you that lands either immediately off the bat or off the ricochet because the wall is so tall yeah. behind the stands. If you've never seen the ballpark, it's really tall. But I, when my family and I were here late one night at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, I think it was a, a non-Mississippi State game. I'm pretty sure it was LSU and somebody in the nightcap. And any time a foul ball is hit sharply in you know, kind of a line drive behind home plate, you follow it because you never know where it's going to ricochet back and if it's going to come right to you. Yeah. And so it yeah, was right. lined right dead behind home plate. So we all turned behind us in our seats and looked back and get ready to ricochet, and we didn't see the ball. We can't find it. It did not come down. We heard a little crack sound, <laughs> and we look up above the behind home plate press area, and there are some air vents. They have air conditioning units that vent out above the press box, and that baseball was lodged <laughs> dead between two slats. And I tell you, that was three or four years ago, and I still see it from here. It's in it, the next to last set of vents. And it is there. Caleb, I mean, I can see it, and I may be crazy. But in the third, I'm sorry, the fourth set of vents from the left, I think there might be another baseball. Yeah, I, I saw that one today. I don't know when that happened. It could have so, happened during high school games or maybe a different game in yeah. those past three or four years. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, we're going to get one of those zoom lenses out there that'll reach out there at about 200 millimeters, and we're going to get a shot 
of that lodged baseball in the vents above the broadcast booth over there. There's at least two of them up there, and we know one of them's at least four years old. So we're going to get a, a shot of that and prove it. Every baseball Gaddy's. has a story. Yeah, that's right. Everyone has a story. I uh, got a text on the text line at 885-ESPN. says, do you consider the SEC tournament to be the postseason? It certainly is not the regular season. You have two teams don't even make the tournament. And then he said, just please clarify. So, I mean, technically, yeah, it is postseason. It's postseason for the SEC teams, but it is by NCAA standards not the postseason. Take it as the SEC championship game in football. While other teams are finishing out their season and they have a regular season champion they crown, this is the way that we get a champion in a tournament style while some other teams are not playing any more games. Right. That's it. We got a heck of a ball game going on right here, Caleb. A pitcher's battle. Only two hits given up by Georgia, and the same stat line is true for A&M through now seven complete innings, and they're about to start the home half of the eighth. Right. I mean, pitcher's duel. All right, look, my dad is um, here. He's a former catcher, baseball guy, and uh, he texts me just a bit ago, and he goes, we got a good game going on right here. And see, like to average fan, you go zero to zero, two combined hits in the game the whole time, right? And you're going to go, good game. No, trust me, this really is a good ball game. you got two teams that are pitching it really, really well. And you also, um, you know, have uh, two teams, especially on the infield. And, and I saw one dive and catch in the outfield. These are two teams that are really defending uh, well today. Yeah, let's see. Scott, he texted the show and said it's pre-postseason. <laughs> pre-postseason. I like it. Pre-postseason. Trademark that one, Scott. Yeah, that's right. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Caleb Hamill with me. And we're planning on uh, being with you the rest of the week. I, I uh, have uh, delayed too long. Gator Greg is on the Divini Equipment phone as we speak. What a treat. What's up, Greg? Well, well, Mr. White, I, you, you're the baseball guru. Did the Gators do enough to get in the tournament, or you, are you, are you an opinion like me? I don't think they're going to make. It. I, I, uh, I thought you. they played pretty good, and they, they they beat Missouri. If you look at some of the metrics, just terms like baseball people like you and uh, Hamill there uh, with the RPI and the, and the the top 50 wins, and you know, beat Miami and sweeping Florida State. Maybe they got a shot. Uh, you know, uh, that relief pitching, you know, if they won, I'd probably be there right with you right now watching uh, them against Georgia. It didn't happen. And then, got to ask you about Mississippi State. They've been hot. They play well. That tournament is made for them in LSU. They yeah. battle tonight. Hopefully we'll be over there. And we got to say we love Mr. Joe Wyatt. He's my <laughs> favorite there. He's my favorite catcher. Hopefully I get to see Mr. Joe Wyatt over there because that's the tradition. You and him have been going the last couple of years. He's yeah. my favorite person from Dalton, Alabama. <laughs> The Mississippi State LSU, LSU's kind of had their number. Yeah. But Mississippi State, to me, is a different team when they play there in Hoover. They have the most fans there, other than LSU. Yeah. Give me a preview of that. We love the job you do covering the tournament, Mr. Wise, and it is a postseason event, kind of like the basketball tournament, because this is where you kind of try to make your run to get in there. So uh, we enjoy it. Roger does an excellent job. The best you ever had working with you. Yeah, guys, have a great show. Man, what a call from Gator Greg. I agree with it. 
I agree with everything he said. There's nothing like being in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. neighborhood. It's just nothing like it. Hey, Roger. We should work with better people. (laughs) Roger, what about the shout-out from Gator Greg? He says you're the best I've ever worked with. Man, you work with some good ones, though. Are you uh, well? Are you being sarcastic? Come on now. Now you work some very talented people. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt. The last guy was went on TV and kept yeah. on going. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's I don't exactly. think that's going to happen here. I'm going to stay with you. No, we're going to turn uh, cynical Roger into a big old, uh, big old thing in and of itself. Hey, you might hear some people, Roger, cheering in the background. There's not a ton of fans here for this A&M Georgia game, but. The reason they're cheering is because here in the bottom of the eighth inning, Georgia just broke up the no-hitter. A single through the left side, and that's the first hit of the day. And what it means is that Weber, the starter for Texas A&M, is now going to exit the ball game. He's gone seven and a third, giving up no runs on one hit. He's getting a standing ovation from everybody in the ballpark. Uh, So a pretty cool moment right there, huh? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You, you have a, a group of fans here that are baseball literate. Yeah, People no that doubt. know the game and understand what a feat this is to go seven and a third innings, giving up no hits and yeah. keeping it scoreless. Well, let's just say it like it is. As hot as it is out there right now, this time of day in a work day, you're either a huge baseball uh, geek or a mom sitting out there watching <laughs> little Johnny play baseball this time of day. One uh, one or the other. Okay, so uh, a couple things from Gator Greg. One, did Florida do enough to get in the tournament? I don't really think so. I don't think so either. And, hey, Greg, if you're still listening out there, the thing that you're probably going to have to pay attention to most in the coming days is probably not what's happening here at Hoover. It's going to be at the other conference tournaments. Right. You hope your, your people like Creighton and all these other teams that are expected to win their tournaments win their tournaments. Right. You never want people to come in and steal that seed from you. But even then, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one uh, for Florida. LSU has had Mississippi State's number. Um, look, let's say it like it is. Whether anybody wants to admit it, whether it makes us cringe as State or Ole Miss people, the fact is there's a little aura that goes walking around that purple and gold baseball uniform, okay? and And here in Hoover – their fans show up, and it's hard to beat those guys here. I don't care if they're struggling or not. It is a game that happened last year. It was actually the game that State lost to get put out on Tuesday last year. And, honestly, there are two battles at play. You have the teams playing on the field. You have the fans playing each other in the stands as well. You got you know, Mr. Chris, I think his name's, last name's Gio, as doing all the LSU. Oh, uh, yeah. Here go! we go, Tigers chants. Tigers! You got uh, hey, Mr. Ronda night. Candyman over here. I mean, hey, it's me a you shouting match. Last night, <laughs> that guy was sitting about five rows behind us going, go! And then everybody else would go, Tigers! And Dad and I are sitting out here watching it. Well, the game was taking a long time. And at one point, it was dragging on. You know, it's five to one, then LSU's big comeback. So when they would go, go! My dad and I would yell, faster! <laughs> <laughs> and the people around us really got a kick out of that because they were thinking the same thing uh, during the game. Uh, so you have a really good time here. The other thing, yeah, I mean, it, it, I will, I'll put it this way. Given as resilient and focused and dialed in as Mississippi State has been able to be any time they really kind of needed to this year, I'll be surprised if they don't win this ball game tonight. Got to keep LSU's bats quiet. That's right. Caleb, thank you. See you tomorrow. I'll see you then. 
Caleb Hamill with me in the Farm Bureau studio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.